I'm Virginia Allen. I'm Samantha Sherris. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Thursday, September 7th. Here are today's headlines. Senate Democrats indicated today that they would be willing to implement another federal mass mandate if they saw fit. Massachusetts Democrat Senator Ed Markey blocked a vote on a measure to ban such mass mandates. Ohio Republican Senator J.D. Vance went to the Senate floor earlier today and asked his colleagues to back a bill that would ban COVID-19 mass mandates. Vance said mass mandates have proven ineffective and have harmed children. He explained the purpose of the bill and that the federal ban on mass mandates would only be for a limited time period. This policy does not set anything for an unlimited period of time. It says that for the next 15 months, the government can't force you to wear a mask on planes, on public transit, or in public schools. Taxpayer dollars cannot be used to force and enforce a mandate against our people. It's not setting a policy that we cannot deal with pandemics in the future. If something else comes, God forbid, then let this body deal with it at this time. But now let's learn the message, let's heed the message from the American people and let's learn the lessons of the past couple of years. Mandatory masking was a failure. It had costs for very little benefits and we shouldn't repeat it. After Vance's remarks on the bill that would ban a federal mask mandate, Senator Markey made a motion to block a vote on the ban of the federal mass mandates. Markey claimed the legislation would hamstring public health experts who guided our nation out of the pandemic. According to Vance's office, by blocking the bill, Democrats have indicated they intend to reimpose mass mandates in the near term. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says the Big Apple is facing a problem he can see no end to. What is that problem? The migrant crisis. Adams spoke to New York City residents during a town hall Wednesday night and was brutally honest about the effect the arrival of illegal aliens is having on the city, per CBS New York. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. According to Adams, the city has been tasked with supporting 110,000 illegal aliens. Adams told those at the town hall that all of New York City will be affected by the crisis. Adams said the Big Apple has a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. The New York Times reports that as New York City students return to school on Thursday, city officials said that about 20,000 migrant children were expected to join them. Adams referred to a madman down in Texas busing migrants to New York City, likely referring to Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Adams' press secretary, Andrew Mahalaris, reacted to Adams' criticism in a statement to Fox News Digital, saying, The hypocrisy of Mayor Adams is astounding. Mayor Adams was proud to tout his self-described sanctuary city status until Texas began busing migrants to New York City to provide relief to our overrun and overwhelmed border communities. Mahalaris added that with millions of residents, New York is only dealing with a fraction of what our small border communities deal with on a day-to-day basis. Adams is continuing to call on the federal government for assistance. 
Activity is picking up here in Washington, D.C. after Labor Day, and White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre has resumed her regular press briefings. But because of new White House press briefing rules, there are now 442 reporters who have lost their White House press credentials. One of those reporters is The Daily Signal's own Fred Lucas. The new rule now requires reporters to obtain press credentials from Congress or the Supreme Court to also gain or maintain White House press credentials. The Daily Signal's Rob Bluey had the opportunity to talk with former President Donald Trump's first press secretary, Sean Spicer, about the changes to the White House press room. While serving as Trump's press secretary in 2017, Spicer took steps to expand reporters' access to the White House briefing room. Trump welcomed new voices to the mix, offering talk radio hosts and reporters more than 50 miles outside of Washington an opportunity to participate in White House press briefings. Spicer told The Daily Signal he is unbelievably disappointed in the lack of coverage that the media gave to this new press rule. Spicer called it funny how the second the White House shuts out anybody who's not part of the corporate legacy left-wing media, they keep their mouths quiet. The Daily Signal's Fred Lucas is currently awaiting a decision on his application to Congress and the Supreme Court for press credentials there, which will effectively now have control over who can access the White House. Well, in some other news outside of Washington, D.C., a nearly eight-year-long legal battle came to an end on Friday night. Coach Joe Kennedy returned to the football field at Bremerton High School, both to coach and to take a knee in silent prayer after the game. When Kennedy started coaching at Bremerton High School just outside Seattle in 2008, he made a covenant with God that he would take a knee in prayer to thank God after every game. But in 2015, the school district told Kennedy that he had to stop. Kennedy refused to break the promise that he made to God, and he continued to pray. He lost his job as a result. The coach filed a lawsuit, and his case rose all the way to the Supreme Court. In 2022, the court ruled in Kennedy's favor. And on September 1st, Friday, Kennedy had the opportunity to again coach his Bremerton Knights and give thanks to God after the game. I was at that game, and I spoke to Kennedy as he stood with his wife shortly after the game had ended. I asked him what it meant to be back on the field as a coach and to be able to pray after the game as he had made that covenant to God so many years ago. Here's what he had to say. It was just kind of that relief. Uh, I I used to run marathons quite a bit, and you never think you're going to get to the end. And when you finally see that finish line, and you, it's, I just want to get across it. And that's what the tonight was. It was that perfect icing on the cake. And we finished the race. And we did it together. And there's nothing better than keeping the faith throughout that. After the game, Kennedy spent quite a while talking to press. And he was asked multiple times what his plans were for the future. He had indicated in a previous interview with the Associated Press that he might not continue coaching after Friday night. But after the game, Kennedy was clear that he didn't know what the future held and that he was going to pray about his next steps. But now we know that Friday was Kennedy's first and last game back coaching at Bremerton High School. Yesterday, Kennedy submitted a letter of resignation to the school. So the question is why? Well, Kennedy said in his resignation letter that it is apparent that the reinstatement ordered by the Supreme Court 
will not be fully followed after a series of actions meant to diminish my role and single me out in what I can only believe is retaliation by the school district. Kennedy's attorney with First Liberty Institute said the school district has done everything they can to make Kennedy feel unwelcome and promised to investigate the situation to determine whether further legal action is necessary. Stay tuned. We will keep you all up to date as the story continues to progress. California has just become the first state to have a Transgender History Month. That's right. The month of August will now officially be Transgender History Month in California. Yesterday, the California State Assembly passed the resolution to make August 2024 the first Transgender History Month. Assemblymember Matt Haney authored the bill and said he believes that as Californians, our strongest defense against the anti-trans agenda is just to tell the truth. Let's tell the truth about transgender people's lives and let's lift up the history of the transgender Californians who left their mark on our great state. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to The Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed, where we interview lawmakers, experts, and the leading conservative voices. Join us tomorrow morning. I'm going to be sitting down with the Heritage Foundation's Niall Gardner to talk about a situation that's unfolding regarding Prince Harry. The Heritage Foundation Oversight Project has filed a lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security to gain access to Prince Harry's U.S. visa application over concerns that Prince Harry might have received preferential treatment on that visa application. I break it down with Niall tomorrow morning. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We really appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for being with us today. Have a great night. We'll see you right back here tomorrow morning for my conversation with Niall Gardner about Prince Harry. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.